0: Well, I hope you don't mind my not standing in front of you just at this moment. I know it's going to look a bit weird. It's going to look even weirder for the video, of course. But actually, I wanted to sit I want to sit down and do this with you, because to introduce my talk today, I want to show you some images. And I know these words are not interchangeable, they don't necessarily mean exactly the same, but think about three words. One is boldness, secondly, courage, and thirdly, bravery. So have one or all three of those words in your mind, and I wonder whether you would attribute those words to these Images and I've got a few we'll just go through them fairly quickly. So let's have the first one on the screen just to start off with Now remember three words in your mind boldness courage bravery. I don't mind which one you choose Let's uh, let's have the next one And the next Again. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I wonder, how many of those pictures would you have given any one of those words to? And I wonder what you thought, not just about the picture and whether that was a display of courage, bravery, boldness. I wonder whether any of us were placing ourselves in that context. I just wonder, how many of those pictures did we think, do you know, that's just like me? Or rather, that's not me at all, I could never do that. Or, or rather, that's not courage, surely that's foolishness. <laughs> and given our subject today is prayer and boldness, we're going to continue our journey through the book of Acts. That's the series we're working to over these few weeks ahead of us. Steve kicked us off last week. And I'm going to read from Acts chapter 4 and verse 23. So we're continuing in the acts of uh, those who counted themselves as Christians, as followers of Jesus. These were the acts of the early church in its birth and in its infancy. And we're breaking into a story here, verse 23 of Acts chapter 4. On their release... Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David." Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hands to heal And perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now the story so far. Amazing things were happening in the experience of Peter and John. So in Jesus' name, not in their own name, not in their own strength, but in Jesus' name and in the power of his spirit, the Holy Spirit, they had performed miracles of healing. They had told the story of Jesus to everyone. They challenged people To change the direction of their life and start following Jesus for themselves. They told people to get baptized. And that really is an outward sign of of a belief in the heart. And on one day alone, we're told 3,000 people became Christians. They chose to follow Jesus for themselves. They became his followers, his disciples. And with all this amazing stuff happening in the city, the rulers, the religious people, they acted very strongly against Peter and John. So for instance, they had them both arrested and put into prison. They questioned them and they actually commanded them both not to teach In the name of Jesus. And they made further threats of punishment. If they actually continued to talk about Jesus. And Peter and John were let go. On that basis with these threats hanging over their head. Knowing what could happen if they didn't stop. Preaching the name of Jesus. So... What did Peter and John do? They retreated into the church building. They kept a low profile. They prayed that God would protect them. And in obedience to the rulers, they did not speak again. The name of Jesus. <laughs> that didn't happen at all, did they? Thank you for correcting me, Jean, Like you always do. Um, <laughs> That didn't happen at all, did it? I mean, first of all, church wasn't a building. They didn't retreat into a church building. They went back to their own people, others who had chosen to follow Jesus themselves, because the church is the whole gathering of those who love Jesus and follow him. They went back to that group of people, followers of Jesus. They didn't keep a low profile. They raised their voices together in prayer. And I get the hint here that maybe that was quite loud. It was quite obvious. They didn't actually ask God for protection. They actually asked for courage, for boldness, to keep on going, to preach the word of God, to speak the name of Jesus. And they didn't stop speaking. The name of Jesus instead they carried on and they they were not going to be hampered by the threats and by the opposition and I'm just wondering I mean Given Peter and John and the Christians and their desire to tell the story of Jesus, but this huge threat being given to them, you cannot do this anymore in our city. There was a real opposition to them, to what they believed, to what they were doing. That opposition was stark, it was real, it was tangible. And I'm just wondering, today... What stands in opposition to you? I mean, this is very obvious. And in its context, we're just reading this story. But what right now stands in opposition to you, in your life, in your experience? Fear? Is it something... Is it something physical? Is it something mental of the mind? Is it something spiritual? Is it something emotional? Something that stands in opposition to you? Is it more of a general nature? You know, sometimes we just struggle with life and that struggle kind of opposes us with trying to live life well. It it could be illness. It could be disability. It could be Mental health, it could be relationship issues, financial problems, stress at work, the loss of a job. All these things that are common to all, that come our way, and we are not exempt from them. I sometimes wish we were, but we're not. And they come our way, and somehow they they just stand there, right in front of us, opposing us. And that is the opposition that we face today. And I don't know your situation, but one thing will stand in opposition to one, a something else completely different to another. And what stands in opposition in my life will be different to you. And yet some commonality will be there as well, where we share the same struggles and the same thing stands in opposition to us. I wonder sometimes, do we really face spiritual opposition, whatever we might put under that kind of I mean, for Peter and John, the Christians, there was a real opposition to Jesus and to his story and to his name being preached. And they were commanded not to do that. It was really as blatant as that. And I just wonder, do we really face that? Or is the spiritual opposition that comes our way a little bit more subtle, a little bit different Is it more the attitude of friends and colleagues and family who don't get what we believe as Christians, refuse to accept it for themselves, might even laugh at you for what you believe, and you're feeling a little opposition there? You know, do we actually get persecuted for our faith? And if I had to give an answer to that question, I'd probably have to say, not really, Not, not in Bristol, not here where I live. And yet some do face that kind of opposition, and some do face real persecution for the faith that they hold. And in other parts of our world, that is very real, very stark, very painful. And I think it's right, isn't it, that we are encouraged every now and then to pray for those who face persecution and spiritual opposition to their faith. We have a freedom at the moment. I can worship God without fear. I can meet with my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ and be with you and worship God with you and Preach the word with you and, and no one's rushing in to arrest me or you either. And we're not facing that for ourselves. But I am challenging you to think what stands in opposition to you. And that's going to be very different to each and every one of us. But not only that, what is our reaction to that opposition, How do we respond and react to the opposition that comes our way? The, the struggle, the difficulty, the challenge that we face in life and that opposes us and that stands against us. And I wonder how often our first prayer is really this, Lord, will you take it all away? Rather than, Lord, just help me, give me strength, give me courage to face this difficulty and to keep on for you. To keep on with what you've called me to do, even though the opposition is there, the struggle is there, the difficulty is there. That I want to keep on going, but it's hard. Give me strength, give me courage, and give me your Holy Spirit to keep on going in spite of the struggle that's there. And I wonder which we pray. Do we pray, Lord, give me strength, courage, And your spirit to carry on. Or Lord, just take it away. I don't want it anymore. And of course, what was the prayer of Peter and John and the Christians in our story that we've just looked at today? Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. The threats are there, Lord, but we're not going to give up. The threats are there, Lord, we're not going to stop. The threats are there, Lord, but we need courage. need your strength. need your help in this. And that was the prayer. And I, I don't know. Did they pray, Lord, just stop the threats? Take the threats away and it'll be easy for us. Quite rightly, you might respond to me on that point with a yes, but... Sort of, yes, Derek, I hear what you say, but there are genuine times in my life when something is so hard, so difficult, something that opposes me in life, and I do pray, Lord, take it away. And sometimes that prayer comes with tears, and it comes out of pain and hurt and anguish, I have prayed that prayer myself, by the way. <laughs> I have to be honest with you on that point. There have been times in my life, situations that have stood in opposition to me, my life, my family, my home, um, that would seek to pull me down, pull me away, um, that hurts me, that That has a capacity to destroy if I let it. Oh yes, I have prayed. I suspect like you. Lord, take it away. I don't want that opposition anymore. I don't want to pray, give me courage to keep on in spite of it. I want to say, Lord, just take it away. Take it right away from me. And how many times have you faced that very situation that has come with that very prayer? And do you know, it is okay to pray like that. I mean, after all, what happened about the Apostle Paul? Paul, that great man of God, amazing courage he had and... Preaching the name of Jesus in face of all sorts of opposition. But even on one occasion, this is what he wrote to the Christians who met at Corinth. He said, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh. What that was, I don't know. It doesn't say. A messenger of Satan, actually, to torment me. That's what it felt like. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Phew, it's okay to pray that. But actually, what about the Lord Jesus himself? Didn't he pray like that? At least on one occasion. Father, if you are willing, take this This cup of suffering. This cup of death. This cup which is the shape of a cross. And the shape of nails through my hands and feet. Lord, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Except not my will, but yours instead. So I'm feeling a little bit better if Jesus could pray that. It's okay to pray that, isn't it? And I guess one of the points I wanted to make this morning is, it's okay to pray out of hurt and anguish. To pray, Lord, just take that illness away. Take that disability away. Take that struggle away. Take that debt away. Take it away and life would just be a lot easier for me and bearable. And other times to pray, Lord, it's there. It's right in front of me. Give me courage to carry on. It's both and, not either or. Don't have to choose which prayer am I going to pray. We can pray both. And I think it's right. If we're ill, pray for healing. If there are difficulties, yeah, we can pray for the Lord to take it away if there's opposition that stands right up against us, it's okay to pray, Lord, just remove it. But when it does not go to pray, Lord, give me courage and fill me with your spirit. I need your strength because I'm pretty weak on my own to keep on doing what you want me to do Even though that difficulty is still there. I love stories that speak of someone praying to be healed and they're miraculously healed. I love those stories. But I've heard other stories where people have prayed to be healed and it never happened. But with courage they've carried on. They've persevered. And they've still done what God wanted them to do. People who struggle with finances or work or family or relationships. Sometimes God breaks in and does an amazing sort of miracle work and it's all wonderful. But when it does not happen, Lord, give me strength, (laughs) give me courage, fill me with your spirit to keep on. We know that Peter and John, in our story, back to this, did not give up they did not hold back even though the threats were there they acknowledged the opposition and they prayed and they took courage and they continued in the way that god had called them and i know we can talk about peter and john and and i've already kind of excelled in my language about the Apostle Paul. What an amazing Christian he was. But what I want to do as well is to stop us from putting people like that on a pedestal as if to say, that's just for them, isn't it? They need the courage because they're going to preach the word. That's not for me to pray. And I can't be like that. And how often we can have that kind of approach, you know, oh, that's not for me, Uh, it's for them, they're better than me, They're, they're bigger than me, they're stronger than me, they're better Christians than me. It's okay for them, isn't it? Accept that, that's not the case. Peter and John went back to the whole gathering of Christians that were met together. And they included them in the situation. They raised their voices together. It wasn't just Peter and John praying, give us courage. They all were praying that. And I believe for themselves. And after they prayed, we read this. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of god boldly it wasn't just peter and john after all they all did it the threats they could have said apply just as much to us as to peter and john to be honest but they all prayed they were all filled with the spirit of god and they all preached the word of god boldly some time ago i met up with someone who was really struggling in life, going through a very difficult time, you would not want to be in their shoes. And life was really very, very hard for them. And they said to me, one of the things that helped them through the hardship, through the difficulty, actually was a verse from the Bible that someone shared with them. Going through that situation, it was just a verse shared with them and it was to samuel 22 you are a lamp o lord the lord turns my darkness into light with your help i can advance against a troop or you could read that i can run through a barricade with my god i can scale a wall and this person said to me i'm climbing that wall And I will get over it. Sometimes I'm holding on by my fingertips. But I will scale that wall with God. And I was amazed, knowing what they were going through, to have that kind of courage. I will scale this wall. I will advance against a troop. I will run through a barricade. I know I've talked quite generally about those things that oppose us in all kinds of different ways. But of course, we've got to realize the immediate context of our story, the reading that we had was very much that opposition to faith, that opposition to Jesus himself. And again, I just wonder what opposition we do face for our faith, just to bring it back to that specific And sometimes I just observe what's happening around me. And not just in our world, but in our country. And I just wonder, one day, will that opposition come our way too? To what we believe? It makes you wonder. Stronger opposition could be on its way. That's going to be tough, isn't it? However, I think the opposition, if there is any... It's probably more likely to be internal. It's more about what is inside me that opposes it, even for my faith. Sometimes I think, you know, people would probably hear me out if I was prepared to tell them about Jesus. But sometimes I convince myself otherwise. You know, they don't want to know. Uh, They they laugh at me. Um, I can't tell them. About Jesus, Do you know what I mean? It's the opposition internally that stands against me, that holds me back, that keeps me quiet, that stops me from speaking the name of Jesus. So I don't invite a friend to Alpha. When the opportunity comes, I shy away. And I'll say to myself and I'll say to others, look, I'm just not that kind of person. I'm a bit shy. I'm a bit quiet. Telling others about Jesus is the job of others who are brave. It's their job, isn't it? Except we know, don't we, it's for all of us. Sometimes the only thing we've really got to say to other people is Jesus loves them. John Robinson had the worst possible start in life. Taken into care at four months old, he was left in abuse for most of his childhood. At 14, he was sent to a detention center for arson. Gravitating towards a life of crime, he moved from Borstal to the streets, to psychiatric hospitals, a scarred, broken and angry young man. And this same young man explains one day I was walking into town as usual to see if I could get a job. On the way, I passed a church with a strange sign outside. It said, Jesus is here. Come and meet him this Sunday. I thought this was a really weird thing to say guest appearance of Jesus this Sunday. I thought, I've heard about God, but appearing in person? That's ridiculous. Anyway, I'm definitely not going to church. Just then, a person came up to me and said, How's things with you? You know Jesus loves you. That stopped me in my tracks. And then unfolds a wonderful story, as you might expect, of someone who had faced such difficulties in life, coming to faith in Jesus for themselves and doing amazing things, actually, with their lives. I just wonder what would happen if every one of us in this room decided we will tell as many people as possible just that Jesus loves them. What would happen? I wonder if we might even fulfill one of our recently stated Vision elements that we want to see lots of new people becoming Christians. Might that happen? If every single one of us took some courage, prayed, were filled with the Holy Spirit, and just told others about Jesus. We've got to do this. We've got to do it together. have got to speak in the name of Jesus We've got to speak the name of Jesus. Take courage. Be bold. Be brave. Share our life, our faith with those around us. Don't keep on convincing ourselves, I can't do that. And let's just boast about Jesus. Boast about him. Tell others. Invite the Holy Spirit to fill you and give him his strength. Take some risks in your conversation with others. Keep on praying. All of this encouragement comes from this simple story. And we're sharing that together. The reason I sat down at the front uh, with you, facing the screen as we all were together, was because I have to put myself in that very same place. This is as much a challenge to me as it is to you. So it's for all of us. Those early Christians faced real threats of persecution, punishment, even death for the faith that they had. And the story that Peter told when so many became Christians, 3,000 on one occasion, was the story of Jesus on the cross and Jesus risen from the dead.